Now, in studio, your lending expert, family man, and servant leader, who's committed to honoring and empowering San Diego's servant leaders to rise up. Your host of Rise Up Radio, James Carmody. Happy Saturday, folks. Thank you for tuning in to Rise Up Radio. I'm your host, James Carmody. Thank you so much for being with us. This is episode 125. Holy smokes. Episode 125. Who would have thunk it? Todd, how do we get here? I don't know. It goes by fast, huh? It does. So we're now in year three. Um, we've had over 300 guests on the show, and it is really a testament to you, the listener, and our audience in the community that is just a demand for good news. You know, I, I think the media goes so hard the other way, selling fear and negativity, and Rise Up Radio is just putting a flag in the ground saying, this is the good news program, and we're all about servant leadership. How can we help our fellow men and women? You know, and that's what we're here for. This is an amazing city, and you put a, a spotlight on the people that make it amazing. Thank you. And that's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's important and a lot of people aren't necessarily getting the highlight in the platform to tell their stories that they should, you know? And so folks, I mean, you know, you're going online, you're following us at sdriseup.com, liking us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that fun stuff. Um, but really it comes down to who is that person in your life, in your family's life, in your friend's life, in your business that's making a difference? whether that person's a small business owner, they're your kid's little league coach, the pastor from your church, your financial planner, business owner, like who is that person for you? You know, and remember, you can go to sdriseup.com. You can nominate that person. We'll reach out, we'll contact them and, you know, we'll interview them and just make sure that they're doing good for San Diego and helping us all rise up. Um, so we have two great guests in store for you today. And the first guest is someone who's really actually put their, put their life at issue of connecting people and consulting and helping others rise up. Um, this gentleman's actually just taken a new role, very excited role that we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about their path that kind of led to today. Um, so we have the new, um, is it director? I actually chose the title of chief connector. I love that. So, so. folks, we have the chief connector of Corporate Alliance, Mr. Larry Kesslin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So Chief Connector, I like that. Yes. I think that is very apropos. Well, the last company I had was called Five Dots, so I was the Chief Connector of Dots. And when I took this new role, one of the things that I talked to the owners of the business about was that I would not continue to work under the Five Dots brand, mm. but that I told them I wanted to keep my title. Because I said, whatever business I ever get involved in, in the future, what I do, it's funny because I would tell people, you know, I'm a connector. And one of my friends said to me, Larry, why do you keep telling people that? You just do it. You show it. You express it. So, And I started doing connecting dots emails because mm. I'm connecting the dots. And yeah. the, the five dots came from the uh, um, Steve Jobs did a commencement speech at Stanford back in 2005. It's a great speech if you've never seen it. Um, I would highly suggest you go watch it. And in the segment, he talks about connecting dots. And you can't, connecting dot, you can't connect dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that everything in your life is happening for a reason. And you just have to go and assume that there will be a reason later in life that will show up. So that's how I've kind of approached the last three years of my life in San Diego. When we first met, I had started a company that was based on a book I wrote called Success Redefined. 
And I realized that I didn't know San Diego well enough to go do that. So I started coaching around business development, which is what my skill set is. And that's what the whole five dots methodology was, was teaching people about how to do business development. And I was a member at Corporate Alliance for three years. I'd hold my meetings there. I used it for the space, but I went to all the luncheons and all the breakfasts, and I got to know most of the members of the community. And then Ed Quinlan, who's been the executive director for the last three years, decided to take a job as a CEO of a nonprofit in town. And one of the sponsors came up to me at a breakfast and said, you know, Larry, that Ed's leaving. And she said, they're looking for his replacement. And she looked at me like, what about you? What about you? <laughs> and I said, I'm genetically unemployable. Genetically been, unemployable. I've been telling people that for 25 years. I haven't had a job. I mean, I left my last job yeah. let's, let's, on let's, April 15th, 1993. Let's give 1993. the listeners a little bit of a, ba- a background for a second. Sure. You know, so, I mean, first of all, where where did you go to school? What's your professional career been like? So, degree engineer from Rutgers in New Jersey. Okay. Born nice. in Queens in New York. Um, moved to New Jersey when I was seven. And spent most of my formal life in northern New Jersey. Went to Rutgers Graduated uh, with an engineering degree, went to work for Westinghouse, uh, left after about a year and a half there, went to work for a small company in New Jersey, and then got recruited by GE and spent four and a half years at GE from the ages of like 25 to 29. And at the end of that journey, realized I was not designed to work in a corporation. Mm. So I was done with the corporate world. I ended up quitting my job one day after spending a week with 85 inner city kids in Colorado. I came back after that experience saying, you know, all these kids that I was spending time with were happier than I was, and they had so much less than I had. There's something wrong with this. I need to find a different path. Something's missing. So for 25 years, I went on this journey of self-exploration. I did a lot of work, a lot of reading, a lot of workshops. I mean, everything from ropes courses to experiences traveling the world. I mean, I've done a lot of things, got married, had two kids. My kids are now 18 and 16. Wow. They're literally in Atlanta right now. I just came back last night from spending, they're at a six day workshop for teens on social emotional intelligence. Awesome. And my daughter is going to school for human Folks, development and put, family studies. Let's put a pause and just highlight sure. that for a second. This is the kind of guy that Larry is. He's got his teenagers going to a <laughs> social and emotional six day long training. Yes. That is someone who's forward thinking and pouring into his family. But I get the impression, I know Larry a little bit, but that's just how Larry is in life. And that's yeah. just how he is for others. It's been fun because my yeah. daughter wants to, She's this is an 18-year-old girl who, she probably looks like she's 14 or 15 and she wants to work with teenagers, yeah. which is perfect because she'll look like a teenager for a very <laughs> long time. And um, she's going to Colorado State in the fall to study awesome. human development Good and family school. studies. And she wants to do this work, and it turns out the workshop they're at is with a friend of mine I met 25 years ago on a bus going to an ink conference in Des Moines, Iowa, when we were both living in New York. So when I talk about connecting dots, you have no idea. So I'll give you the – this is a perfect story of my life. Yeah. So Scott Schickler, he's the one who runs this company called Seven Mindsets, which is where my kids are right now. And Scott has a company (laughs) that is focused on – it was called Edge, Educational Designs to Generate Excellence. He taught um, basically financial workshops to high school kids through um, uh, junior achievements. And awesome. he had his own company, sold that company, ended up starting a software company for education. I introduced him to a client of mine at the time in South Carolina to de- develop all of his software. That company actually got sold a couple of years ago. Uh, four years ago, I was at a conference in San Francisco. I met this gentleman named Roberto Rivera. So my friend Scott is focused on kids 
and motivation and positive attitude. And I meet this guy who's a spoken word poet teaching inner city kids mental health. Love it. So he's wow. using the, the power of spoken word to reach inner city youth. And I said, you got to meet my friend Scott. So last March, I get a call from Scott. I get a text from him with a picture of him and this guy, Roberto Rivera. And he says, do you remember this guy? And I'm like, not really. But he says, it's Roberto Rivera. I just bought his company. So <laughs> this is a guy who 15 years ago, I introduced him to a software developer that developed the software for his company that he sold. And I introduced him to this guy that bought, that he just bought his company. And then I went to his conference this week and there's a woman there who's a singer. And Scott looks at me and says, you know, you introduced me to Jay Ross also. I said, I don't know Jay Ross. He says, but you introduced me to this woman in, uh, who's working in Liberia, Katie Myler. And Jay Ross wrote the song for Katie's project. And I listened to it and I couldn't get it out of my head. I need to find her. So you also introduced me to her. Wow. So this is how it comes full circle. Last March, he calls me and says, so I just bought this guy's company. I said, you could really help me right now. My daughter's going to Israel this summer. I've been in the middle of this transition in my life. I gave up my company three years ago to go find my path, to go do what I'm supposed to be, was born to do. And um, it's 8,000 bucks to go to Israel this summer for her to play lacrosse on the Team USA and the Maccabi Games in Israel. And he says, done, taken care of. What do you need? So I'm a, I don't know if you've ever seen It's a Wonderful Life, yeah. but I feel like George. I feel like I've spent my whole life helping other people get where they want to go. And I've lived a very nice life. I have no complaints at all. I have a beautiful home, beautiful family. I've traveled extensively, but I could have done more financially if I would have chosen that as my drive, but that was mm -hmm. never my determination. I always valued time over financial return. Right. So my definition of success was always the ability to do what I want whenever I want to do it. And that was my drive. That was my determination was how do I get to the point where I have freedom, freedom to do whatever it is that I want to do. So that's been fun. It's been a lot of fun for me. That's fantastic. And I, and, and that's, I think that's just such a beautiful perspective. It's just how I live. I mean, for yeah. me, I wake up every morning. It's funny because my wife and I have come from very different perspectives and I tell her, you know, people, she says like, people don't like you or people that I'm like, I don't really care <laughs> because I know I wake up every day with the greatest intention to leave this planet better than I found it. So if that's my intention and someone takes it out of context or hears a snippet of what I said, or I'm thinking of something else and they see me as being cold or detached or whatever, that's their interpretation of me. That's not what's going on for me. That's not my intention. So I think a lot of us get caught up in, I, I've done a lot of work around psychology and my therapist for many years would call this a transference as you see something going on and you're reacting to what happened previously in your life. You're not mm -hmm. present in the moment. So my biggest work over the last 25 years, candidly, and everything I've done is how do I become present? How do I get to be where I am when I'm there and deal with what's going on right in front of me versus reacting to it based on my history, based on the experiences I've had, based on what my parents taught me was right or wrong? Because they weren't right or wrong either. They weren't prepared to be parents when they raised me. And now it's funny because I was with my parents driving to the airport one day and my dad was trying to give me advice on how to raise my child. And I said, you had your chance to screw up with us. Now it's my turn. So, I mean, I'm going to make mistakes and my kids are going to hate me for something. But I'd rather hate, I'd rather have them dislike me for the things that I truly believed in than doing things that I thought other people told me I should do. 
So I've really tried to live my life as present as possible and to live by a set of morals and beliefs that I think will get me to that place of freedom, the place where I can do what I want whenever I want to do it um, on my terms. Folks, you're listening to Rise Up Radio. We're going to take a short break. Be back in a few. The answer. It's pouring rain. It's real dark outside. Your heart starts beating really, really fast. You've never done anything so hard in your life. This is boot camp. This is the real thing now. It's such extreme pain, you don't understand how you can finish. I began to feel that there was no way I was ever going to have my title, U.S. Marine. It takes special inner strength, courage, and desire to do this. I was just thinking, I'm so close, I'm so close. And when I I finished, I was like, I'm done, I did it. The moment I will never forget is when this drill instructor that I admired so much comes up to me straight in front of me, put her arm on my shoulder and said, good morning, Marine. PFC Summer Volkman became a Marine. Can you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. The few. The proud, the Marines. AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back. You are listening to Rise Up Radio. I'm your host, James Carmody. Folks, this is episode 125. Thank you so much for your support. We're in our third year. We've had over 300 guests. You're following us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you're nominating your heroes in your life at sdriseup.com. And with me in studio is a servant leader here in San Diego. It's making a difference and actually just took a really new, exciting role as the chief connector at Corporate Alliance. Larry Kastlin, welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you very much and congratulations on the third year and 125 shows. We ran a radio show for eight years. Wow. First business I started was called Let's Talk Business. That was the name of the show. Yeah. And we had Let's Talk Business Network was peer groups for business owners. So I've been doing community development for entrepreneurs for the last 25 years. So when the executive director, his name was Ed. Yeah. So there's no way I could take the title of ED, replacing the old ED name Ed. So that right. would be really <laughs> bad. So uh, Chief Connector fit really well. But yeah. um, Corporate Alliance is this community here in San Diego that I joined when I came back. So in 2015, in January 2015, my wife and I pulled our kids out of school for six months and we traveled around the world. Cool. And at the end of 2014, I said goodbye to a business that I'd been involved in for 19 years and told my wife that when we got back from our trip that I would figure it out what the next thing would look like. And the last three years have been me running around San Diego trying to get to know San Diego as best I could. And I joined a community because that's what I needed to do. So I joined Corporate Alliance. I participated in all the programs over the last three years. And when Ed decided to go take this job as a CEO of a, a nonprofit in town, and they started talking to me about, is this something you'd like to do? Um, I started to think about it and said, you know, it really does pull everything together for me. And I have the freedom. I mean, the owners are a lawyer in town and a gentleman up in Utah, and they don't want to be involved in the business every day. They just want the business to be profitable and to be well run. Mm. So it's basically like a business that's mine, except somebody else owns it right now. Yeah. And so what is, I get the opportunity. Like, what's Corporate Alliance like? Like, I'm a listener. I've never even sure. heard of Corporate Alliance. What is it? So it's a shared conference facility is what okay. it physically is, but it's a community of purposeful business leaders. 
It's so, an UTC, right? It's an UTC, just a, a half of a half and block. It's a stone's throw from where our the radio show is being broadcast right now. And it's uh, right off Town Center Drive and, and Eastgate Mall. Okay. We have a Class A space with three beautiful conference rooms that sit wow. anywhere from 12 to 20 people. And then we have an event center that can sit up to 100 plus people with a door to the outside that has two gar- barbecue grills and a bocce court. And think about it as like a, a clubhouse mm. for a golf course without the golf course. And we have members. So the only people that can use the space pay a monthly fee. Okay. And then we run programs for the members of the community. So we have business owners, we have individual consultants, and we have executives from corporations that join to build their network in San Diego. So everything that we do is built on this book that was called The City of Influence. And The City of Influence has nine basic relationship keys that talk about stop looking at everybody as a piece of meat, stop looking at the person sitting across the table from you as a human doing as someone that has an opportunity for you to gain in your own life and start looking at them as a human being and start getting to know people as who they are versus what they do. So the whole construct behind Corporate Alliance is about relationship development first, Mm. that everything that you do is all about relationships first and understanding that people uh, are, are genuinely interested in being helped and if you help others, so I, if you want me, I can walk through the, the nine relationship Please. keys real quickly. The first one quickly. is exit the Coliseum, is stop being a gladiator and start taking care of people as, as human beings and stop mm. fighting. Uh, the second one is that uh, bricks trump so that you have to understand that um, relationships are built on or business transactions when price and quality are, are equal that the relationship will take. And that's the most important thing. Next thing is relationship arrogance is that when you approach people based on how you think they show up in the world, Mm. then you're missing out on a lot of opportunities. Uh, The next one is all about um, building relationships just because and to go into relationships just because you want to be in a relationship with somebody not trying to get anything out of it. There's a, a key that is all about learn, serve, grow, learn about the other person, then serve them and together your businesses will grow. There's another uh, relationship key that's all about swimming in pools. When you meet people, you're in the river of life and you're going really quickly. And every once in a while, you need to get off into the side and just take some time to get to know people. So we run two-day summits. We get all the members together and we go away for two days. So our next summit is September 13th uh, and 14th in the desert. And we'll get 50 plus people at a retreat for two days. And everything is about relationship development, cell phones off, cut off from technology, you're there to be present and to be part of a community. Uh, and then the last couple are you need to measure your influence mm-hmm. and you need to, uh, you need to uh, set up systems. And then one of the first keys that I missed was this whole idea of you need to decide to govern. You need to decide that you're going to be the mayor of your own city and that you need to manage this whole process. So everything that Corporate Alliance is about is based on these nine relationship keys. And everything that I was working on with five dots was all based on relationship development. That was the first dot. So if you really think about it, everything I've been doing for the last 25 years of my life has led me to this point where now I get the opportunity to be myself. I've been doing coaching for probably 15 years. And I was always a good coach. And I enjoy coaching. And I still have some coaching clients today. But I enjoy connecting infinitely more than I enjoy coaching, but I never found a business model that allowed me to get paid for my connecting skills. Well, now at Corporate Alliance, I really have the ability to get paid for connecting, 
and I'm going to give away most of my coaching because all the members, if I help the members grow their business, no matter how it happens, whether it's through an introduction, whether it's through a piece of knowledge, whether it's through introducing them to a book, whether it's into whatever it is, opening up doors that they didn't know existed or broadening their mindset or making them aware of the, their own individual personal power, whatever it is that I get to do, I get to use this entire treasure trove of skills that, and these these unique things that I've learned. I mean, I had eight years of running a radio show with a, a host, a friend of mine who was my business partner at the time, and we interviewed everybody. So I got to meet Richard Branson and Ben and Jerry and Lillian Vernon and Ken Blanchard wrote the forward to my second book. So I've met a lot of amazing people. And now I get the opportunity to pull all those resources together <clears throat> to help this wonderful little community grow. And what I really want to focus on, which I've been doing for three years in San Diego, is how do I bring together the ones that not only want to make money, but the ones that actually want to use their business to influence and impact the world. So if anything, Corporate Alliance, which is very purpose-driven today, I want to be the place where purposeful business leaders come to get to know each other and to impact the world. We'll start with San Diego because that's where we live. And I think everybody starts by making a difference in their own backyard, which is what you're doing. And we need to do that more. So the, the people you've been aggregating on your radio show, I know you run some events and stuff to get them together. They don't know each other. Right. And the people that we've been pulling together. So I started with a number of other people and we created something called the Chamber of Purpose, which is heading up the Cause Chamber Conference. Of the like Chamber that. of Purpose, yes. A collection of dolphins, yes. Uh, <laughs> we all have a porpoise. We all need a porpoise. Um, but we're, having, we're running the Cause Conference on October 12th down at the Town & Country uh, in Mission Valley. And we'll be running that with uh, the American Marketing Association. But everything that I've been about the last three years is how do we bring together this community of really purpose-driven leaders? And Corporate Alliance now gives us a clubhouse. It gives us a place to meet and gather so on August 8th, we're going to be running a purpose party, uh, 4.30 in the afternoon to 8 o'clock-ish. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a live band, and we're going to have some live music there. And it's just going to be a place for people to come and gather and get to know each other. And Corporate Alliance will start having more happy hours. We'll be gathering people in the community on a regular basis. And how do we get this ecosystem to really gel? Because until we can't – when you start looking at change – if you start looking at movements, the first project is to bring together the people that are already of like mind. Mm -hmm. If you try and go at it yourself and you try and change other people's mindsets, it never works. The way that ecosystems evolve is when you bring the people together that have the like mind and have them work together and support each other. So other people look at them and say, oh my God, I want to be like them. And when you start to look at the ecosystem or the community or whatever you want to call this, and say, you know, here are examples of what life could be like. And these people are so engaged. They're making a difference in their world. They're happy. They're doing good work. I want to be like them. How do I get to be like that? But if you don't bring those people together, they live in isolation. And we live in this insane shark tank that all the dolphins keep getting nibbled at every day. And we need to find a way to give them their place so that I can create and we can create dolphin pools, places where these good-hearted, 100% givers, and I use the word dolphin a lot. I have this construct of sharks, dolphins, and sharks that dress up as dolphins. So the sharks are the takers, the dolphins are the givers, and the sharks that dress up as dolphins are the matchers. It's a book by Adam Grant called Give and Take. So everything that I've been about is how do we create this ecosystem that allows us to bring together all these purpose-driven business people how do we help them become 
more engaged with each other, to feel supported, because many times they're getting nibbled every day by people that all they care about is making money, and all they care about is what's in it for them. And that's not why we were put on this planet. We are so connected as human beings, yet we see ourselves as isolated beings, and we're not. And whenever you start to get your ego involved in the whole idea of I, I am, it's the conversation I had with one of the founders of Corporate Alliance in Utah today. How do I make Corporate Alliance in San Diego not about me at all, but make it all about the community? This is their community, Mm -hmm. and they need to own it, and they need to make it thrive. This is not about me at all. The less I make it about me, the better everybody else is, and that's the hardest part for an ego-driven human being, which is the human condition. Sure. We live in our own mind believing that we are the most important center of the world. We're seven and a half billion people. We are insignificant. And I can think of all the most famous people in the world. If you look at Lincoln and Washington and Kennedy and all and Gandhi and I mean, all these amazing people, they have one thing in common. They're all dead. I mean, they all, right. they all end up dust. So what are we going to do when we're here? Right. How do we get the eye out of the way? Yes. So that the cause of the space can arise within the community. Parting words for our listeners. Like you sure. and I could talk for hours. I Many love this. Hours. Folks, I mean, Corporate Alliance, you got to go check it out. You got to get involved. You got to learn about it. You know, but what's the website and what do you want people to know? Uh, Corporate Alliance uh, SD.com or Corporate Alliance San Diego.com is the website. Corporate Alliance San Diego.com. Um, yeah. And if they want to get in touch with me, just Larry at Corporate Alliance.net is, is my email address. Um, I am looking forward to expanding our reach into the community, getting more involved in a lot of different causes, cause related work. And also I'm very, since with my technology background, very interested in the startup and the tech sector as well. So looking at cryptocurrency and looking at that startup ecosystem to create a hub for those companies here in San Diego as well. But this purpose driven community is in my blood and how do we make a difference for the military, for the homeless, for the food the food challenge. There's so many people in town that need help and the business community is the solution. So we need to go make it, make it work. Larry Kesslin, the chief connector of corporate Alliance. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. Folks. Larry is a wonderful person and we're so excited to learn more about corporate Alliance. Get involved as the community. You're listening to rise up radio. This is episode 125. Stick around. We'll be back in a few. The answer, San Diego. Today we decided to walk to school. At the corner, we waited to cross the street. The stoplight counted down. 15, 14, 31, I mean 13. We took a left on Carroll Garden Street. Loud music was coming from a car. Danny's a smart kid, but he gets so distracted. There were so many other sounds, I didn't know what to focus on. Danny, Earth to Danny. Suddenly, he realized he forgot his homework again. I left my homework on the table. At the The school school steps, steps, we we hugged goodbye. goodbye. I I really really hope he doesn't have another another bad day at school today. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free online resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Get personalized recommendations, practical tips, daily access to experts, and more. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. AM 1170, The Answer. 
1170, The Answer. Welcome back. You are listening to Rise Up Radio. I'm your host, James Carmody. This is episode 125. Thank you so much for all the love and support over the last three years. Our community is such a gift, and it is amazing, amazing to see the stories week in, week out. We have another great servant leader, another great guest in store for the second half of our show. Um, This person is an attorney and counselor for successful families and business owners, an educator for wealth advisors, speaker, and an author, and a man with a big heart, as I've come to know over these last six months, a year that I've I've known him a little bit. Joe Strazeri, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just, you know, we're excited to have you on. I know it's been several months in the making. You're a very calendared and scheduled man. Um, gosh knows that it's the best way to make sure you get time off is to schedule everything else. Right. right. <laughs> so, I mean, you're doing a whole bunch of stuff, you know, you have multiple businesses, you have nonprofits and foundations that you're involved and in. that's all wonderful, but we didn't wake up this person today. You know, where, where did, where did you grow up? Where are you from? And what's your path been like? Oh, I'm a good Sicilian boy, um, boy. raised by a Sicilian dad and a German. I were farm girl mama. Okay. Um, and I found into the law a little bit through a misdirection of the way first. Um, I'm a general contractor by trade. I hammer nails to go to law school. Really? Law school is something that I wanted to do. And a little bit later in life, I decided I was going to do that in my 30s. Um, I'd already had run a um, construction company and hire and remodeling and development. And then also a marketing firm. And though, though that was profitable and that was enjoyable, it wasn't the kind of help that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I went back to school to become an attorney and I've now um, been doing that for 22 years. I've had the same partner, main partner for 20 of those years. Wow. And over time we've broken off pieces of the company um, that they've started up on their own. And we have uh, my partner, Steve and I have other partners that run each one of those firms. Wonderful. Sounds like you've, you've done quite a bit and you've, you know, been exposed to different things along the way. Um, hopefully bigger isn't better anymore. But there are times that you realize that you grow to such a size that the message is unclear or it's a little bit muddled. So you might break something off to say this particular message and who you serve is different than a different group. Mm. So you don't want things to be drowned out. So over time, we realized that um, how we were serving business owners in order to make sure that they could have more money and more time in order to make sure that they might keep the business and pass it on generationally or pass it on to their employees or be able to get the big nugget at the end was a different kind of message than planning for estate planning for somebody that had a house and less than a million dollars worth of assets that was worried about long-term care. Mm. So it was a, it made sense to break those apart. The other part was the education that we did. The way we gave back to our community was through education. We put over 300 programs a year on, some of which we get paid for, often we don't. About 100 of them are public-facing, about 200 are advisor-facing. So as that grew over time, rather than that be under a law firm brand, that became under the Southern California Institute brand and gave us an ability to do more public service with it. And also most of our charitable work is done through there as well. So, you know, you bring up the Southern California Institute. What was the impetus of that? Oh, I wish I could say it was out of goodwill um, or it was because we were being philanthropic. Um, it came about when Steve and I, um, 20-ish years ago, Um, We're partnering doing really, really well. And um, about three years into our partnership, I had a massive heart attack and six bypasses at 38. Wow. And I was suddenly out of the practice for three months. Whoa. I came back at two months. That didn't go well. I was out for another month. 
what happened was we were doing really well financially up until that point. And we did really well financially during the three months I was out. And within a week of me coming back, we fell off the face of the earth. Mm. Our income dropped. We had the big overhead. What were we going to do about all that? I thought it was me. Other people said, no, it couldn't be. And then they thought it was me too. And we tried to figure it out. What we found out was that I was the one that was filling the tubes that was doing the marketing. Mm. So we said, wait a minute, there's got to be a way to make sure that's not dependent because then they have a job. You don't have a business. Right. So we institutionalized the marketing part of it and we realized that we educated to motivate. So we educated advisors, we educated clients, we educated people in the community on the different things that were out there about business and estate planning and elder law and um, long-term care, whatever the subject, business ownership or taxation. And by doing that, some of the people that we educated said, hey, will you help us? And then we platformed other people that did the same thing. Well, when I was gone, that didn't really happen. So we had about three months worth of work in the tubes that people thought they'd come see us that then ended by coincidence when I came back. So the Southern California Institute was institutionalizing our education and suddenly it was no longer about a couple of us teaching. Now we have over a couple of hundred instructors that teach both online and in different cities and with us. And we have year long programming that's already standardized. So we're already booked out for 2019. And what that did was it gave a lot of our friends that are in the same industries an ability to have that platform and be good for their business and give to our community that we each teach each other for free. And um, we raise the bar. So by doing so, we're able to drown out some of the static that's not good for clients or somebody's being sold something that might not be good for them long-term mm-hmm. with pure education on what's out there. So whether that be mortgages or long-term care or insurance or investments or legal planning or tax planning, we um, now have a platform to be able to do that. And although we still teach on it, more, other, more of the programming is done by other people. And it became its own profit center. Mm-hmm. And it, it became a way that we could give back to the community at the same time. So that's how it broke apart. And now it only serves our brands. It probably serves, I don't know, 25 or 30 other firms that teach within it and probably 150 other firms that it could teach occasionally. Fantastic. And we never would have guessed our online presence. If you would have told me years ago that we'd have more people attending online than we have live, I would have giggled at you. Right. And now, just because we started to originally tape it, and now we do that um, live whenever we're doing programming, and then we offer it through our virtual learning center, there are more people that consume our programming online than they do live. Though I still enjoy the live stuff because I like, like I'm staring at you. I like the interaction more. Of course. So the way we solve for that, we never just teach into a microphone. Yeah. We record what we do live with other people and we let the mic be with them too. So somebody feels like they were in the room. Wow. I love it. It makes complete sense. You're providing education. You're providing value. You're also giving a platform to fellow business owners and partners to expand their brand, expand their reach and educate others. I want to come back a little bit though. I mean, at 38 years old, to have a massive heart attack, that was a big deal. It was a big deal. My, well, we've been married a couple of years. We had a four-month-old yeah. son. Wow. And my wife gets this phone call. She needs to show up to the hospital. And she assumed, well, it's probably one of Joe's family members. Because right. we have history at that. And we do right. a lot at Sharp Hospital. <laughs> so, family. so we're going there. Um, when, uh, when the word came out that it was about me, uh, she was in a little bit of shock. So it was my parents. So were my parents. And I can only imagine for her. Remember, I was, on, I was in the bed and I had the blue outfit on and all the tubes and the wires sure. and everything going on and drugs. And she was the one standing there next to me holding a four-month-old baby with no drugs. Right. So it was harder Very on her real. than it was on me. And I was in there for three weeks. Wow. 
And what, you know, what were your ahas coming out of there personally and professionally? It's probably what drove a lot of what we talked about a, a little while ago. Um, Steve and I now work 40 weeks a year, four days a week. Wow. We empowered a lot of the people around us to not buy into our firms, but sweat equity earn their way in. And we decided that we would have firms where the, um, our other partner would be paid to run it and then split in the profit. So it gave us a kind of different business model that was a lot less controlling. The yeah. old fashioned Sicilian part of me was very controlling. Mm. And there's probably still a lot of that inside my soul, but my balance of my partner, who's also a good old Italian boy, Steve Mancini, um, the balance of that. And then the other great partners and team members we have around us balance out to remind us that if we're there to serve, we do better. So if we're, if we ever get to the point where we're driving towards numbers and it's about our profit, we don't do as well. If we drive towards serving others and putting out great information and, um, making sure that our fellow partners in the industry are being compensated and our clients are getting good work. Um, we do well. We have a saying in our firm that we build our relationships gift by gift. Mm. So quite often somebody will sit across from maybe Shelly who works for the Institute or one of my partners, or one of the attorneys and say, but I want to pay you for this. You've met with me for a couple hours. I've had this problem for a year or two. It's, I've paid a lot of money. It's a lot worse. You just gave me an insight or you gave me an introduction and it's no longer a problem. And we'll say, well, we build our relationships gift by gift. We don't measure our relationships one at a time. We measure it across our ecosystem across time. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, we get wonderful referrals by people who say, I heard you help my friend Mary. Can I talk to you? Also, we introduce a lot of people to each other. So if I was to call and somebody had a mortgage problem and they had a special way they own their businesses and they weren't a typical package, and I said, but who you need to know is you. And I, and I introduced them to you and we have a joint phone call. I'm able to um, phrase the situation such that I say, is this unique situation good for you? And then the professional like yourself would say, sure, I only need this other um, information. And do you also have? The client will say yes. And then suddenly their problem no longer exists. Where it might have existed, where people thought up to a problem, but they never thought through it because it was so irritating. Now they find out that there's a way to solve it. That goodwill not only exists with the potential client to make it back to us, but also the advisor that we introduce them to. So it's just a great way to build business. I mean, I think that's a wonderful saying. You build relationships gift by gift. And I think that's great. What, what I want to talk a little bit about is, you know, is this, is this document that you brought with you, Care to Know. You know, because sure. clearly you're a very caring individual about your business, your family, your partners. And it's, it's evident by, you know, what happened at 38 and setting up your calendar, your business model. Hey, we're working 40, 40 weeks a week, not 52. And we're going to work four days a week. And it might be a little bit different, but this is how we want to do it because we see that there's other things that are important in life. That's yeah. the bottom line. Well, even our employees, our, our employees are anywhere between two and six weeks of vacation a year. We have 20 or 22 paid holidays instead of five. Um, they're all, they have alternating days where they were alternating weeks where they get off on Friday, half day. So at least Every other week, they have a half a business day where they can go to the doctor and they can see their teacher for their kids and they can get home a little bit early and do something. Um, it's about building a life that not only for ourselves, but also for our team members, that they're able to enjoy what they do for work, but also take the break and the time to be able to enjoy their family life. So where did, where did care to know? Like that's a phrase that you've, you've yes. put together. Care to Know came from um, our research with a wonderful lady by the name of Jennifer Tolman. She owns a company called Second Summer. Second Summer. Second Summer is the name of the company. Her grandmother's name was Summer Tolman. And on her grandmother's deathbed, her grandmother said, you have such talent, you should share it with more than one company. 
So she started the company Second Summer, and she helps people similar to us um, be able to find the soul of what they do and communicate it better. And um, I speak on national stages often. I was watching her speak to the M Group, and we had bumped into each other over a year or two, and one day I wrote her a note card. She had said to me, Joe, the um, excitement and vigor that there is in being the ether around you, whether you're one-on-one or one-on-500 in an audience, is not communicated through the materials of the website you have. It's only when you're in your presence. And about two weeks after that, I wrote her a note card and said, you've disturbed me. What's your largest package? And since then, <laughs> we've worked together, and she dealt with all the people within our firms to help with that. And it, it, some of that phraseology came from her because she looked for the essence of us. Care to Know comes from the idea that we worked best with clients and advisors who care to know the totality of their circumstances. They're not looking to just get the first 50 or 70% of the data and say, aha, here's the solution. They know that the magic and nuance exists in the last 10% of a conversation or the stuff. And when you get that last 10%, the solutions are far more obvious, but you have to be willing to do your homework. You have to be willing to do the looking. Yep. In the exploring. And that's, that's true over my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kids, how I invest my money, my legal documents, my, what I got for my mortgage and everything else. If I was willing to put in the last bit of effort, it wasn't a mystery and it wasn't a stress and it wasn't complicated. It became very obvious what needed to be done. Gold. Folks, I hope you are sitting here with a pen and paper taking copious notes from Mr. Cesare because he's He's sharing a lot in, in philosophy, how to treat your life, how to treat your business. And I think it's just a wonderful way. And it's just a gift to have you in studio. Fortunately, we have to take a short break. You're listening to Rise Up Radio. Stick around. We'll be back in a few. AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound, chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. You are listening to Rise Up Radio. I'm your host, James Carmody. This is episode 125. You're following us at sdriseup.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, social media, all those fun platforms. With us in the studio is a tremendous servant leader here in San Diego. Joe Strazeri, welcome back to the show. Thank you. And Joe, by trade, is a business owner, but he is a uh, attorney, a counselor of successful families. You also advise uh, financial planners. You're also a speaker and an author. You're wearing a lot of hats. Yeah, I get to play a little bit. You're a husband, a dad, philanthropist. 
Um, hopefully I do the dad really well because I concentrate on that a lot because I've got a 17-year-old, my oldest Sal, mm. who goes to St. Augustine High School and he's going into senior year. And I'm already mourning the fact that a year from now he's off to college. Wow. So I'm trying to squeeze every little bit out of that. My daughter, who's 12 years old, is going to be in eighth grade over at Notre Dame Academy. Great. It's making me realize even more. I've, I've only got this couple of years to squeeze every last ounce of us as a foursome hanging out. So um, and next week... Uh, uh, Friday, we're off to Orlando, Florida cool. for, t- for two weeks or a little over two weeks, so close to three, um, just to hang out at parks. Now, if most people would say going to Orlando in July when it's hot and humid, going to Disneyland theme parks for uh, two or three weeks and going to water parks sounds like torture. And I look back and I say, but even if I have to wait in line, I'm waiting in line with them. Right. And we get to have these great conversations because they're trapped. <laughs> they can't go anywhere. It's kind of like bringing them out on the boat. They can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, way to go, Dad. Has uh, has your son started to share any interest on what he wants to do or where he wants to go to school? Uh, where What he wants to do, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, since he was younger, and he goes to the partner trip. So one of our partnerships out of the four years to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, where we go fly fishing. Cool. And since he was six years old, so for 11 years now, he's gone to that partner trip. We do a day of travel, a day of partner meeting, about 14 hours, and then two days of fly fishing, and then a day of travel back. And we still have his notes from every year that he's been to those partner meetings. Unfortunately, what came about because of it is he decided that he likes the financial tax and legal industry and wants to be inside of that. At least that's what he said so far. Um, where he wants to go to college. Um, let's hope that his grades at his ACT score, which comes again in September, allows him to get to where he wants to go. And he would love to go to Gonzaga. Great school. Yeah. So um, we toured, we did the West Coast Catholic tour. Yeah. Of all I, the went universities. To, I, yeah, I went to Fairfield University, small and Jesuit school in Connecticut. There you go. So, um, and I went to Loyola and then to USD. There you go. But as we were doing the West Coast Catholic tour, um, we walked on the Gonzaga campus and you could see it in his eyes. You could, you could feel the difference in him just like when he walked up to the Saints. When he walked mm. to St. Augustine High School after looking at um, the other Catholic schools here and Army Navy Academy that I went to, the feeling and the, and the feeling of the student body, that soul was different. And he's a soulful man. And although he's scary bright and he does a lot, this is the kid that could just as easily skate right on the edge all the time. Yep. And if there's an immense reward for staying inside the line and an immense punishment for outside the line, he's in. <laughs> 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 and I want to make sure, and we've talked about it. Um, I make sure in my marriage that we're surrounded with people that are good for us, my wife mm. and myself, because it's the people around us that help us determine what we do in those very difficult times. My son is also one of those ones who can walk the fence. Um, there are going to be times when he's walking the fence that he's going to fall on the correct side, and there will be times that he falls on the wrong side. If he falls on the wrong side, I hope he has buddies that will reach over and grab him. And if a friend of his falls over on the wrong side, I hope he's one of the guys that makes a human chain to go get his buddies. So him wanting to go to the place that he's going to, that place felt right to us as well. It's all going to be a great education. The question is, what's going to feed his soul and what's going to make him a better human being as well as that education. We have hundreds of choices for great, great education. It's how is, how is it going to feed the man he's going to become and, the, and the continue that path? Wonderful. And I know, I mean, you pour into your kids. I think, I, I think that that your strategy of taking them to Disney world and standing in lines where they can't go anywhere is brilliant. You know, you also, you know, mind you, there's water parks too. We could go hang out at every cool other off. day right. to cool off. So they've got great water parks. You just have to get the cabana that looks over the big wave thing. So you can see them or not. Right. You also, you know, you also lead a lot of folks across your different organizations. 
we want to talk about, you know, how are you loving on these folks? How are you caring for them? Well, that's about server later stuff. And, you know, by no means have we done it well, Steve, my partner, I, all the time. There are situations that we look back over the 20 years and you think, God, I could have done that so much better. Yeah. You know, my ego got in the way or my frustration got in the way and I could have done it better. And there are things you regret. And you, you try to reach back to those people and say, look, I screwed that up. I'm sorry. Um, hopefully you're able to adjust it while it's happening. And hopefully it's only a little bit of the time. But like any good human being like yourself, um, it's those little screw ups that occupy 1% of your life that you tend to focus on and say, got to do that better. I don't think it's because you're beating yourself up. You're just trying to see that come ahead next time before and maybe catch it in the middle or closer to the end or gosh, that would be great if I caught it before I opened my mouth. I know for me, if I get my feelings hurt, I go from hurt to angry to saying something stupid quickly. Yep. My partner, Steve, and one of the reasons I love him, that's not his reaction. So I go hurt, anger, something stupid, clean up the mess for a few days. He goes hurt, curiosity, mm. and then doesn't make the mistake or does it very seldom. That's one of the things that I try to work through. That's great emotional intelligence. So on the, on the leadership stuff, sure, we've got four brands that are running, doing things. Um, so you talked about Southern California Institute, our educational brand. Mm -hmm. um, and now that's a profit center, but also it services a lot and it does a lot of charitable work. Um, the, and it, it teaches on financial tax, legal, mortgage, um, everything that works in the financial industry, if I can call it that. And then it also teaches how to counsel, a big part of it. Um, California state and elder law handles the new form of estate planning. Estate planning now is more about disability, where it used to be we were worried about probate and estate taxes. Yeah. And now with the state tax exemption so friggin' high, you have to have over a $22 million state to worry about. So that's very few people. Mm -hmm. um, and the probate system, uh, a trust is easy to get to avoid that. Right. But the problem now is whether you have $100, $100,000, or $100 million, there's going to be a period of time of two to five years before you die where you're going to be mentally disabled. How are you taking care of that stuff? And it's a slippery slope as you become disabled. So mm -hmm. the disability planning, what I'll call elder law within that, not only for accessing benefits if you need to, but also who takes care of how they do have changed the way estate planning is done because of the tax law changes, because of portability, because of the income tax law changes. Sure. Most trusts are need to be redone, but the biggest reason they need to be redone is the, is the sections inside of it that deals with your incapacity. The third firm, Strazeri Mancini has traditionally handled estate planning, but it handles a much larger clientele. Mm -hmm. it, those clients probably have an excess of 15 or $20 million and up. Um, and the complexities and concerns about taxes and about beneficiaries are a little bit different, but still disability. It's still you and your family. It's still you and your life. You're trying to find out how do you be meaningful? How do you not ruin your kids' lives? Am, am I giving my kids a false sense of reality if I take them on the boat and they would go to Orlando for two or three weeks? Or am I saying that's family time? Am I spoiling them? Uh, you know, what do you give your kid to drive when they're 16 or 17 years old? But Strazeri Mancini deals with those much more complex issues of higher level estates, mostly from a very family-based attitude. And then the last firm um, that broke off from all those founders group deals with business ownership. Mm -hmm. Do I keep and grow my business or do I transition it to my family or transition to my team members or do I sell it? And what does that look like? And there's the same four-step process to do that. And I get a lot of people, like you asked me, you know, you take 40, you work 40 weeks a year. What, how do you do that? Well, entrepreneurs get the choice to do that or not. 
so often in our society, we think being tired, exhausted, and overworked is valuable. And I think my family would say, when I'm tired, overexhausted, and worked, overworked, I'm less valuable to them. And there are times when that happens. When I take more time with them, I think I do better work. I think our clients are happier. I think our teammates are happier. You were talking earlier about teams. And, you know, as an owner, we take more time. But what does that mean for our team? Mm -hmm. um, you can install things to make sure your team have a good life, too. Now, to where the, your team members know that the whole weight of your firm is behind them if they have a family situation. Where if they get a call about their family, the only thing they know is they look over at you and you say, Go. We've all got it because that way they know that, and they'll also know that if somebody else needs help, needs to go away, they're a fellow teammate, got a call from somebody's school, they can go right away. And the other part of it is plan time for them as well. So whether it's just as easy as one day a month, you shut down your firm four hours early, or you let your teams um, change that every other week, those team members get off four hours early. So twice a month, the gal that's at the front desk knows she's got from noon until five or one until five that she could schedule doctor's appointments and going to see her teachers for her kids or just get off early and go do something special for the family or be in their house by themselves. How many of us ever get time to be alone in our home? Why not be able to do that? What a wonderful outlook on it. Oh, it's also selfish. Can you imagine how much more productive we are when we're rejuvenated? Oh, Absolutely. Instead of running on fumes. I don't know about you, but there are days or weeks when I wake up each day and everything I touch just seems like it's hard work. <laughs> I'm just exhausted. And somebody calls and they say, so-and-so's on the phone or you look at the email and your shoulders slump and you think, oh God, I know I can do this, but under the gods of I can't do one more, this is what I'm going to get. And you're feeling like everything's a major effort. And then there's other days or weeks when you're in the checkout line of the grocery store, that person who's in, in line right behind you you're talking to and the, and the clerk have a better day because of the way you talk to them. Every phone that call comes in, it's a shorter call, it goes well, everybody's happy. People that call in with major problems, you say, oh, hold on, let me understand this better. And you ask them some questions and they solve the problem themselves. It's a very different feeling. How do you produce more of the things are always going well versus the, oh gosh, I can't do this. I think it's about getting a little bit of relief sometimes. And maybe four hours every two weeks of not having to work during your work hours might be that little bit of relief for your team. Quick thought on how do you get that relief? How do you make more of that everything's flowing and everything's connecting in your life and others? What do you suggest? I think the biggest part is time. Mm -hmm. because of those damn things we've got cell phones sitting around us we've got computers we've got people we talk to have you ever walked in the bathroom and heard somebody talking on in the stall or texting i mean not even time in the bathroom I, i'm old enough to remember that when you got in your car you were able to drive and nobody talked to you right uh, if, unless they were in the car they couldn't talk to you nobody got to call you nobody got to text you and as your plane was landing before it landed the phones are ringing and the texts are happening Remember when you got to go on a plane and there was no internet connection? You actually got one, two, three, four, five hours where you talked to people next to you or read or took a nap. It's about the time to be in your own head. How do you get that? Now, I'm not the guy who can go sit on a rock and stare at the beach. I'm just not that person. I like being around others. But it's all this technology that hits us. So being able to schedule time to not have to, like I was talking about a team member to have that afternoon, Sure, you can get some logistical things done, but why not be able to be in your house? Most of us love our homes, 
and we hardly spend any time in our favorite chair in the backyard. So, in parting, what would you say to our listeners? Parting words from Joe Strazeri. Oh, gosh. A, a variety of things. One, um, listening to shows like this and where it's intellectual, you're spending the time listening to a podcast or listening to the radio, which means you're looking for time on your own. You're looking to have other ideas. You're already one of those people that, that are searching for it. By doing listening to a show like this, you already, you've already told yourself you're going to. Now the next question past that is, is there somebody you love who's struggling that needs to do what you're doing now? Listening to a talk show instead of listening to the radio, instead of being on the phone, instead of texting, time where you can just sit and absorb something without watching a TV or a computer. So if you're doing this kind of thing and listening now, who is it that you love that doesn't take this time that you can give that gift to? What a great way to end, folks. Who is it that you love that isn't taking that time for themselves to recharge, refresh, and rejuvenate? And get into gratitude. Folks, you've been listening to Rise Up Radio. Get out there and make a difference.